Well, what's up, Cam? Not much, Mitch. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. I got some new color-changing light bulbs that I can't get to work, but other than that, we're doing all right. <laughs> uh, well, what kind of light bulbs are they? Um, They're the Philips bulbs, but they're the newer ones that are Wiz-connected. And I put three of them in my studio this morning. And, of course, I did it like 20 minutes before the, the show. We we're, were to go live on the show here. Yeah, naturally. So, yeah, because that's what geeks do. we got to get these in. And one of them works. The other two are on and are <laughs> are giving me warm white light, but I can't get them connected to the app. So, and I might return these anyway. They're, I, I was hoping that they would have some of the features of the Hue lights, but these things are 13 bucks a piece and don't require a hub. And so I thought, well, you know, rather than paying $150 for a, a Hue starter kit, I would yeah. give these a try and see if they worked really well. And, you know, we put one in the bedroom last night and set up like the sunrise sunset circadian rhythm thing. Mm -hmm. And that worked really well this morning. I woke up actually feeling a little bit more refreshed and uh, actually wanted to get out of bed a little bit sooner than I normally do. <laughs> so Impressive. I didn't get out of bed sooner than I normally do, but, <laughs> oh, but uh, you just wanted, but to. I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, wow. but no, they, they're, they're nice. Um, not to, not to do like a full review. I literally just got them last night, but, but if I can get these other two to work down here, then I got a decision to make as to whether or not I'm going to keep these or spring for a regular, uh, hue set. I really wanted to use them with portal, but, but yeah, I don't think these are going to work with portal cause they don't have the, the bridge mm. anyway. So uh, today we wanted to start off um, talking a little bit about our iOS 14 follow-up. Uh, is there anything new that you've learned since we last talked? Um, like feature-wise? Or experience-wise, well, Mitch? You know, I'll leave it to you. Okay, so I really haven't learned anything since our last episode feature-wise, but I I do have some thoughts on how iOS 14... Uh, has changed my experience with my phone. Um, so to refresh everyone's memories, I'm running one home screen with a couple of widgets, some of which are in a stack, and then I have eight apps on the bottom two rows, and then my dock is full, and then I just use the app library. So I have no secondary home screen. I'm just running one screen in the app library because I just wanted to see how much that would change how I interact with my phone. Um, and it has significantly. Like, there are apps on my phone that I would usually just poke around in that I don't touch anymore because they're hidden in the app, app library and I'm not sitting around digging for apps. So I'm actually, when I go to my phone, it's because I want to do something. I want to, you know, create a task. I want to send a text message. I want to start a podcast instead of like, I'm just going to flip through my home screens until an app seems worth opening as a way to, you know, waste time or entertain myself. So that to me is a positive because I'm just going in to accomplish a task or to retrieve information or to communicate with somebody. So I like it from that perspective. What is frustrating to me with the app library is the way that applications are categorized by Apple. Like, for instance, Apple Wallet is a utility, 
yet my Capital One banking app is listed under productivity. They're both money applications. Why are they in different categories? And why is my bank account app in a productivity section? It's not a productivity app. I don't go to my bank app to get stuff done. I go to my bank app to check my balance and make sure that the charges are correct. Yeah, I think they could do a better job with the categorization. Yeah, it's just, it's the just categories that are available. Uh huh. And like Overcast is under reference and reading, and podcast is in entertainment. They're both podcast apps. Why are they in different boxes? Right. Overcast is not a reference or a reading app. It is a podcast app. I don't read. I don't reference it. So there's just little things like that that are very inconsistent with how applications are categorized. And it is a bit frustrating because like all of Apple's first party applications, I would say are in the right categories. It's the third party applications that have been put in the wrong ones. And I'm hoping that that gets fixed in the beta at some point because to the best of my knowledge, there's no way for me to custom sort or categorize the app library. I have no power over that, which is a little, I mean, I get it. It's V1, but I would love for like my creativity apps, like all my camera stuff to not be buried five rows down. I would like that mm-hmm. one to be up and I would like to move social down. So it's not there. So I don't see it. Um, right. So that, that those, those are my, my two main thoughts, a good thought and a bad thought, um, or not a bad thought, a, a good experience and a bad experience that, that I have kind of come to the conclusion of this week. So the one that gets me is the app store. Do you see where that is? Oh yeah. I remember this one, but it's an entertainment, which it's an entertainment. <laughs> okay. So not, not all of Apple's first party apps are in the right <laughs> the right box it should be in utilities i always kept a folder that i just entitled money so anything that had to do with money went into that app so that's where my shopping apps went that's where my banking apps went um anything that i wasn't using on a regular basis that's where that stuff went i would love for a category in here to just be money or finance or something Mm -hmm. like that that all those apps could just get dropped into and i would say app store would fall into that loosely because I don't usually go to the app store to like just browse. It's usually to buy something or to download something. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, did you have any other thoughts about the app library? I think there's customization is needed. Yeah. And that'll come eventually. So it's just Mm -hmm. a matter of when Apple pulls the trigger on allowing that to happen. Yeah. I see my banking apps are in productivity as well. Yeah. I don't, I don't quite understand that one. One thought that I do have is that maybe these are categorized by how the developers have them uh, categorized. I don't know if there's a checkbox that they have to go through or a drop down menu or something like that, that say, you know, you see overcast is in a reference and reading that perhaps he's got himself under news or some kind of heading like that. That's causing him not to be put into uh, entertainment or one of yeah, the other he's, he's number 59 on the news chart right now yeah so that that's likely i would think that's probably the reason and maybe that's something that um apple has to address with the developers and maybe it's something that they have addressed with the developers just making sure that everything's categorized properly i don't understand why overcast is a news app 
because like I'm looking at I'm looking at my Capital One app in the App Store, and it's number eleven on the finance chart, but it's in the productivity folder. So there's I think there's yeah a few things afoot here, but we shall see. A few more categories would be good. Um, a finance category definitely I think would be preferred. One solution I can think of if it is the issue with the developers not categorizing them properly, perhaps they have an app lab library uh, category um, when they submit their apps that they can just drop down menu. Here's where I think it should go. And then uh, rather than it being tied to how they're categorized in the app store, perhaps uh, there can be something there that says, no, this is where it should go in the app library. Maybe that's a solution. Yep. I think that's a, it's a good suggestion. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So, and, and that's, that's if I'm correct about that, I may not be, but as, as far as my feelings on this, I kind of locked myself into two main screens. And I talked about this a little bit last time that uh, there's my everyday apps on the, the front screen with a, a stack of widgets at the top. So I can just kind of flip through that stack and, like I've got pretty much anything I want to get to. I've got my weather. I've got battery um, stocks because I do keep track of my company stocks. News because uh, I do check into news uh, in the morning and calendar and stuff like and activity, some shortcuts. I do have stuff like that uh, on the, the main screen in that stack. The one thing I did turn off is that auto rotate because that drives me nuts because, you know, <laughs> if I just want to look at, I usually leave the weather at the top because yeah. to me, that's the one thing. If I'm going to look at, look for a real glanceable information, weather is usually what I'm looking for. But I can definitely tell you that when third party apps uh, can start offering widgets, uh, that's all going to change because I definitely want Fantastical and OmniFocus and Carrot Weather uh, all in separate tiles on the screen here. Yeah, definitely. And then I'll probably get rid of that stack altogether. But I did something for the first time this morning on my second page. I had I have a music widget at the top, and I've got the the full or the full width one, the two by four uh, mm-hmm. size widget. So it shows me my most recent albums that I've listened to and the song, the last song that I listened to. I deprecated the uh the music icon or the music app on the screen i just threw it into a folder and uh because now i can just hit the widget and the widget takes me into music so i'm going to try that for a little while and see how that works for me and the widget shows you're recently played right yeah it shows you the four most recently played playlists so I have one that uh, when we unload trucks at work, I've got one that's all set up for that. It's about 200 songs that range from the 60s on up through today um, just to keep us moving and, and have some fun. Um, then I got a blues playlist that I listen to from time to time and then a couple of albums that I recently listened to. So, yeah, it shows all those up there. And then the most recent song I listened to is at the top. I'm interested in that blues playlist, Mitch. Well, I listened to, it's the uh, Apple Music Essential Electric Blues. And what what makes you interested about that? I really like blues music and was obsessed with mm. it for quite a long time when I was first learning guitar back in high school. Sure. So just lots of good memories and good guitar solos. 
that I love anything from like a Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, mm-hmm. that I think I can turn him on just about anywhere and uh, crave barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Stevie Ray is always on when we go to famous Dave's. So, but like even some of the old school stuff, I love some really good, dirty, you know, um, uh, what's the metal, uh, metal slide guitar. Mm-hmm. My brother-in-law actually plays, he's got some records out uh, and he lives down in Nashville and he plays a really mean electric slide guitar. And uh, yeah, I, I fell in love with it when I heard him playing it. So yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, but that's my entertainment page, essentially, and that has music, books, games, and just like my social stuff and and some some web stuff in there, too. Uh, just anywhere that I go that is just to kill some time and, you know, is, is on that page. Cool. So we talked about back taps. The, the idea that inaccessibility, and I, and I didn't find it easy to look for. I had to look it up to, to find it. But back taps give you the ability to tap the back of the phone and and uh, and like evoke actions, uh, things things for the operating system to do. I'm trying that out, and I, we mentioned it just before we went on the air today. And you said you hadn't, you'd kind of forgotten about that and hadn't tried that yet. Yeah, I hadn't completely forgotten about it. I was super excited when I heard about it, and then you yeah. know, as with most things, if I don't take action right away, I forget. So, you know, you and I are both in the, uh, what used to be referred to as the plus club phones, right? I've got, I've got, oh no, you have the, um, 11, the iPhone 11. I have the iPhone 11. Yes. Okay. So then I, I misspoke. You have the iPhone 11. I've got the iPhone 11 pro max Ooh. and they're both big phones, right? Oh yeah. Your, but yours is a little bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always a pain in the butt to try and reach to the top of the screen when you're trying to use it one handed. Mm -hmm. I decided, you know what, if I'm going to try this back tap feature, I'm going to um, set up notifications as my my two taps on the back. Oh, that's clever, Mitch. Yeah. So so now when I'm holding my phone and I'll do it, I'll do it live on the show just. And no, nobody cares because they can't see it. But I just, <laughs> I just tap on the back of the phone. I don't know if you can hear that. There you go. And uh, my notification center pops down. It does take about a second or so to acknowledge it. So you kind of have to. There's a. There, it kind of waits for a beat, and then it then it drops it down. And it works pretty well. I might even put control center on the triple tap. Um, I haven't done that, but. What I do have to say is now my notification center pops down on my phone a couple times a day when I when I didn't realize or didn't want it um, just because maybe I might just be tapping on the back of my phone just as a, I don't know, a nervous tick or something like that. And all of a sudden my notification center pops down. <laughs> so, so it's it's a cool feature. It probably if I keep using it, I'm going to have to retrain myself to uh, not tap on the phone whenever. But. But it's uh, it's interesting. I like it. So if, uh, <clears throat> say, your co-host and, and maybe some listeners wanted to turn this feature on, say right now, Mitch. Sure. Do you remember how to get there in the, the oh-so-well-organized settings app? All right. So first off, you go to settings. And as everybody knows, the settings setting uh, app is in the dock down on the <laughs> lower right-hand side. <laughs> 
for those of you who did not listen to last week's episode, that's reference humor. Yeah, that's some inside baseball. Good job. <laughs> um, under accessibility, you're going to go into accessibility and then look under the um, physical and motor category here because uh, it's kind of split into different categories under touch. So tap on touch and then slide all the way down to the bottom and you'll see back tap. Oh, nice. So you tap on that and it gives you a double tap or triple tap. Matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and make control center my triple tap. All right. Now I can triple oh, tap. All my shortcuts are here. Oh, I forgot about that, Mitch. Yes. This is exciting. Mm-hmm. So that should be fun. So if you have a... Uh, have a shortcut that you use a lot. You can just uh, tie it to your back tap. Pretty cool. I like this. Thank you, sir. You betcha. Trying to think of if there's anything else that uh, I've happened upon that I've been pretty excited about. Um, I've actually found the battery widget to be fairly useful. I, I find it more useful on my iPad because I can quickly see where my pencils charges at. And then obviously if I have AirPods, my AirPods connected. Um, okay. So quick question. Uh, mm-hmm. You have an iPad pro. Yes. And is it the original? No, I bought it uh, in March. Okay. So it uses the new, the new pencil. Yeah. It's the brand, uh, the brand new pro that just released this spring. Okay. So I have the 9.7 inch iPad pro, the original one. Mm-hmm. with the original pencil. Yeah. And if there's any reason I want to upgrade to a new iPad, that is the reason. This this pencil, plugging it into the lightning adapter to, to charge it. I lost yeah. that little adapter a long time ago <laughs> to plug it into oh. a cable. Mm-hmm. But uh, to pl- you have to plug it into that uh, that lightning port on the unit to charge it. And then it doesn't attach to anything. I have a uh, um, Logitech Create, I think it was called, a uh, case for it. So there's a little loop for the the pencil. Or, and so it works pretty well for that. Um, by the way, that's one of the things that I don't like about the new ones. It's really hard to find a good case. I really love this Logitech Create case mm-hmm. for the smaller ones. I know they there was some complaints about the one for the 12.9 inch. Um, iPad, but this is like the case as, as far as I'm concerned. You know, if they would come out with one of these for the new iPads, uh, I'd be sold. I just use the uh, the Apple um, case. Uh, I forget what it's called. It's just the um, the, the one smart of, keyboard case. Or? No, it's a, it's just a. It's got the trifold flap, and on the sure. old iPads, it would attach to the side and just kind of flip down. But on the iPad Pro, it actually covers the back and the front. Um, so I just got that and I really like the it. folio, I think it's called. Yeah. And, um, I use that, you know, to protect it when I put it in my bag or whatever. But if I'm working on it at my desk, I have it in a separate stand. So I pop it out of that case cause it just connects by magnet. So it's really easy. And then I put it in a stand so that it can be, uh, you know, at eye height while I'm working at it at my desk and then I use an external keyboard. I know that there's been a couple of buggy things with the betas i don't know that we talked about talked about them last week um but a few apps that have that haven't been playing nicely with it have you run into a whole lot of that the only thing that i've noticed is the music app on my iphone 
tends to, especially when I first open it, really lock up and struggle. Um, okay. And so I just close it and reopen it and it's usually fine. But that's really the only thing. I've had one springboard crash when I like first installed the beta on my phone. But I, I really, I haven't, other than that one springboard crash and music occasionally struggling, I haven't had any other issues, which I'm kind of astonished by. Yeah, no, it's been solid. You know, don't get me wrong. It's been super solid. I know that uh, I think I had a OmniFocus crash. I mean, one crash is not the end of the world, but I think that crashed on me once. There was an app I was using the other day that um, I was flipping through. It might have even been Safari. I was flipping through a web page and it started that tearing. Um, if you know what I'm talking about, where the part of the page is behind the rest of it. Um, so as you're scrolling, maybe like the left-hand side of the page is scrolling normally, but then like, as you get towards the right-hand side, it's not scrolling at the same rate. Oh, that's kind of freaky. Yeah. It might've been a web app that I was using that was doing that. I, I forget, but I'm going to blame it on iOS 14. Um, cause that's what you do. Yeah. And I'm not a huge Pokemon Go guy, but every once in a while I like to dump into the app and just like collect a few Pokemon and check in and see how my Raichu is doing. But uh, I haven't been able to do that since I uh, updated to the iOS 14 beta because it pretty much crashes on launch. (laughs) And now it's going to make a liar out of me, isn't it? Because I'm loading it up right now. They must have updated it. It's opening now. So... That's progress. <laughs> now I can collect Pokemon and uh, Pokeballs and be pathetic again. So I was having a problem with the Mario Kart app as well. I have um, a very important question, Mitch. Yeah. Do you listen to Polka when you play Pokemon? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. That was that was the whole dad joke there, right? Yeah, you know that is the uh, the national or the state music of Wisconsin. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. When we when I used to DJ back in the day, we would uh, we would say, "Okay, it because um, polka is the national music of Wisconsin, or I'm sorry, the state music of Wisconsin. Uh, we need to play at least one polka every time we do that, and it was always fun because y- you may not gauge the crowd right." So if everybody sits down and doesn't care, that's fine. But if the whole place goes nuts, that's all you play the rest of the night is polka. (laughs) (laughs) My family, uh, for our weddings, they could have played polka all night because my family goes crazy for polka. Wow. The the apple peaches polka is like, I don't care about the whole roll out the barrel crap. The apples peaches polka is the best. I literally have no idea what you're talking about. You can I'm, you can look that one up. <laughs> I just I'm made not, a bad joke, and now I'm now I'm learning. Yeah, things and now much. you're regretting it. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think I really have much to say about uh, iOS 14 um, at that point. Uh, we we covered everything that I was thinking about covering. Um, we can always talk about a little bit more. 
Um, oh, one other thing that I did think about, and it's been discussed a little bit on a couple of the podcasts that I've listened to in the last week, is the widgets on the iPad. Apparently, and I can't remember the interview, and I can't remember the podcast that I heard this on. So I'm I'm doing a terrible job of being a good podcaster. But apparently, it, the um, it's extremely difficult to do it on the iPad because on the iPhone you have one orientation, but on the iPad you have two, and really three if you have your widgets on on the in the left hand side of the screen. So because the icons move around and they they change width uh, on the screen. They, they said it just, at least at this point, was too difficult to do, which I hadn't thought about that, but that actually makes perfect sense. Well, so, so. the obvious answer to me is you get rid of the 2 by 4 one and you have the 2 by 2 and the 4 by 4 because if you rotate your iPad now, they just they just rotate. Before yes. they used to reshuffle, now they just rotate 90 degrees. So if you get rid of the rectangular widget and you have two square widgets, you just rotate them and you're fine. Hmm. I think they still have to take into consideration the the folks that use that don't have the the today view on the main page, which are still there's still some issues there. I I can you know, understand I could be wrong. I the there was somebody from Apple that was interviewed about this, and they, that's what they had said is is just just what I said that it's just a little bit harder to do that, and that it sounded like it was something that was coming. They were they were working the problem, but but yeah. Well, one day, Mitch, hopefully. One day on an infinite time scale, we will all get what we want. That's that's uh, optimistic. <laughs> we're recording early. I didn't think I was going to was going to mention this, but we're all a little bit busy the week of the 25th. So we're recording a little bit early and we thought we'd decide to. Uh, try something new this week, and I hope that this is uh, an element that we can do um, regularly. But um, I've always loved podcasts that, um, for lack of a better way to put it, they do drafts or they they come up with lists of things that they like, and I and I love the I love the concept of it because it makes it easy to really talk about different things that we love to talk about that it kind of plays it into a, an entertaining um, structure. Does that make sense? Yes. So we are not doing a draft, but what we're doing is probably our equivalent of, and we're going to, we're going to do top five. So we'll go back and forth and we'll mention uh, something that we love. And today's uh, subject is iPhone apps. And I've, left, I've conveniently and maybe maddeningly uh, left it wide open. So it's not necessarily the top five iPhone apps that we use a lot or that we, you know, it's just top five iPhone apps that we absolutely love. Um, you know, for whatever reason, and we'll talk about the reasons for that and all that kind of stuff. And, and it, it'll be, it'll be fun, I hope, or it'll be terrible one or the other. So mm. <laughs> we'll give it a try. If it's terrible, we'll never do this again. So, <laughs> all right, no pressure. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go ahead first. Um, I'll see the, uh, the first, uh, first are, app are we, to you. 
counting down or counting up? One to five um, or five to one? I don't think... How do you want to do it? Do you want to do a five to one? Leave our favorite apps to the end or start with yeah, our Yeah, let's build apps. a little suspense, Mitch. Yeah, it's called teasing. So the problem is, is that we might talk about these other apps and give away our top apps. So... But we'll we'll go with it. All right. Cam, go ahead with your first one. My number five favorite iPhone app is OmniFocus. Mm. I like OmniFocus. Did I steal one of yours, Mitch? I think you did. Mm. Well, we can have the same picks. You can do it, but it would be interesting to see why I have it at five and you have it elsewhere, if that's the case. Oh no. This this doesn't it doesn't work this way. Once you've picked it, I can't pick it. That's not part of the fun of this. We're going to get 10 oh, so unique we're apps for keeps. out of this. We're playing for keeps, yep. huh? We're 10 unique apps out of this. All right. Yeah. Well, then I'm stealing OmniFocus with my number five. Um, I like that you can customize the perspectives, and those perspectives can be made up of different you know, tags and situations, and you have an incredible amount of control over how you see and when you see the things that you need to get done. Um, you know, at its core, it's just a place to put stuff that you want to accomplish. But with all of the power that's built on top of that basic core, you can use OmniFocus pretty much in any way that you want. And like I was a things user for a long time and I really like things. I think it's really well designed. I mean, it's one design awards. It's, it's a great application, but you have to do things the way that they want you to do things. And in OmniFocus, that's not necessarily the case. You have more freedom and more flexibility to choose how you interact with the information you put in the app and when you can see it and when you can't and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, so it's not cheap, but I really, really have come to appreciate um, the app plus you can get it on your iPad and your Mac as well. You can access it on the web. So it's just overall, um, I mean, it's been around forever and there's many reasons why it's, uh, a go-to, um, task management application for many, many, many people. All right. Your first pick OmniFocus. So you, I like it. What do you have for number five, sir? Number five for me. Um, uh, see, this is the problem with doing a draft style is that if you start at five, you, you get sniped. So, so are you gonna, are you gonna try and steal, steal one from my list at five, Mitch? I'm, I'm trying to think of one that, uh, that I can get in here that maybe you, you've got <laughs> later on your list. So I'm going to go with Fantastical. Because I'm pretty sure that you probably had that on your list. And I, I love Fantastical. I did not have it on my list. You didn't. Crazy. So this is my absolute favorite calendar app. Um, and if you would have told me years ago I'd be paying money monthly for a calendar app, I would have told you you were crazy. But this this app is so nice. It works so easy. You know, the the initial draw of Fantastical was the natural language uh, scheduling. 
The fact that you can go into the app and you can literally just type out. There's not a syntax that you have to adhere to. You just type out meeting with so-and-so at this time on this date, and it automatically parses out what you're writing and and creates the appointment. And I love that. I My wife and I are both really, really scheduled people. We like to have stuff on a calendar so that we, as we look at the day, you know, today I can see that, uh, that, you know, we're grocery shopping later. Uh, we got a budget meeting planned this afternoon just to look at the budget because we both got paid yesterday. And um, we've got uh, a babysitting job tonight. Um, she's babysitting. I'm entertaining. So, you know, that's how it works. <laughs> so, but the kid that we're babysitting loves to play Mario Kart. And mm-hmm. so we're playing Mario Kart tonight. That's pretty much how it's, how it's working. But I love Fantastical for that. Uh, in the newer updates, uh, they have added some just crazy features. You can do calendar sets now where I think a lot of us can say, you know, especially us geeks can say that we've got a ton of calendars and they can muddy up the the view oftentimes with just a lot of stuff. And so having those calendar sets uh, works really nice. So I have several calendar sets. I've got... Um, my main calendar set, I've got a workday uh, calendar set that's all my work-related stuff. And then uh, I've got um, a church calendar so I can check and see, you know, check in on what uh, what's going on at church. And then I have a TV schedule uh, calendar set that, you know, if I'm looking to see, hey, what's... And I don't really keep a lot of stuff. We don't watch a lot of live TV anymore. Um, or DVR TV for that matter. But if I know that there's a show that releases on every Friday or whatever that I'm watching, you know, I can throw that in there and that just gives me a reminder that that show is going to be available on Saturday and, you know, we can sit down and watch that. So a few different things that, that I've got in Fantastical that way. And then, you know, my wife manages everything in the regular calendars app. So whenever she, whenever we have our shared uh, calendars. She changes something. It automatically changes for me in Fantastic Al because, of course, it's all linked up through iCloud. Uh-huh. And it works really slick. I really like it. Right now, it's telling me I'm recording the Inner Dialogue podcast. So that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad it took your calendar to tell you that, not the last 37 oh. and a half minutes. Yep, yep. But something else that they added in here that I know some people have said is is a really cool feature, but it's like, yeah, it's all right, um, is that they've added weather into the app from AccuWeather. So if you're in the day view, you can see up in the corner, hey, it's going to be 90 degrees outside today, which means that I'm not going outside today. Um, and there's uh, storms coming. So mm-hmm. you can tap into that and get more information um, in my calendar app, which I think is kind of interesting. So... There's probably more to this that I love. Uh, the, oh, what do they call it? Proposed meetings. I got to find it here. Hold on. Yeah, proposed meetings. So um, if you've got somebody that you meet with on a regular basis or even maybe you're just, you're just setting up a meeting, you can send them an invite that's a proposed meeting. And this is not anything new. It's just something that they've added into Fantastical that makes it a little bit slicker. But 
instead of sending it and saying, hey, can we do this at 10 o'clock on Saturday? It'll say, hey, can we do this at 10 o'clock or is noon better or is two? And then it gives that option where, you know, that individual can send it back and say, you know, this time is a good time. So um, that's that's kind of a nice feature, too. And it shows up in your calendar as a proposed time as opposed to something that is a concrete time. So and I can't say that I've used that a whole lot, but but it's nice that it's there in case we need it. Uh-huh. So, yeah, Fantastic right. so Hell's, fan- uh, Fantastic Hell's good. So Fantastic Hell's my number five. So, Cam, what's your number four? Well, I'm trying to decide if I go for the jugular here or if I be nice. Do your worst, man. All right, number four is Overcast. Overcast, I like it. Uh, Overcast is a podcast app that is glorious and wonderful and we've talked about it uh multiple times already on the show um so Mm -hmm. i won't go into a ton of depth here but um it has really good features uh, one being voice boost um which just enhances the audio and raises the volume a little bit and it's a bit clear it's i don't use it for every um podcast that i listen to but there are a few where it is very very helpful um to make the uh, audio uh, better. And then the other one, and, and this is the, the silver bullet for me, is the smart speed, which will automatically analyze the audio and shorten silence gaps. So you literally mm-hmm. save time. Like it's the only app I have that can give me time back. So for instance, if there's like an hour and 10 minute episode, normally and I use it with smart speed, I depending on how tightly the show is edited, you can save, you know, seconds to minutes. So I can listen to that hour and 10 minute episode in an hour and two minutes, mm-hmm. you know, because of the silence that gets stripped and, Oh, eight minutes. What do you do? Yeah. But if you listen to podcasts, I don't know, every day that time adds up and there's a cool tracker in the app that tells you, um, how much time you have saved. And we compared times last time and, and Mitch's was much greater than mine. Um, but I have it's a just, feeling I've been using it longer too. Well, so. and it's it's not a competition, Mitch. But this is this top five is a competition. <laughs> I'm just saying it doesn't have to be a competition. <laughs> That's what I tell my three year old, and she's always mm-hmm. like, "No, but I'm going to win." <laughs> it's not a competition, like eating dinner. <gasps> oh, Daddy, you winned me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I we're eating dinner, but you won. You finished before me. You won. Like everything is a competition to her. And it's very interesting because I'm not a very competitive person. So I'm not sure where she gets it, but uh, it just cracks me up anyways. Plus she hasn't figured out that wind isn't a word yet. And I'm still working on, on the grammar there, (laughs) but it's it's, cute when she says it. Yeah. It's cute when she says, Oh daddy, you wind me. I'm, or I'm going to win you. No, I'll, we'll fix that eventually, but it's too adorable you're right not, now. You're not going to win me. You already got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, Overcast. Uh, really, really well-made app. Um, it has features where, like, you can um, favorite um, a podcast and um, – it like involves your Twitter feed. And so people will, that follow you on Twitter will see that in the recommended section of their overcast. And mm-hmm. there's different, like he has different built in um, curated groups of podcasts based on like subject matter or um, podcast network. Um, so it's, 
it's just really well done and I really like it and it saves me time and I appreciate that. The sharing features and, uh, overcast oh, can't be overlooked either yeah i totally uh, forgot about that too the uh, fact that you, you can make a short little video um that includes the audio from the episode and the chapter art, i'm sorry the chapter i always say chapter art the cover art for the the show and post that to twitter or post that to instagram or something like that mm-hmm. um that's just game changing when he added that feature yeah that was incredible yeah because before you were limited to like, well, here's a link to this two hour podcast. You should probably listen to it. And like most mm-hmm. people aren't going to do that, but to, to your point, and I cannot believe I forgot to mention this because duh, you can record, you know, a five second clip of 15. I think the longest you can do is 60 seconds, right? That sounds right. And that works well with, with some of the, uh, I think mm-hmm. like Instagram only allows you to do so much. And yeah. And then the you also things. have the opportunity of what, um, aspect ratio you want to do. So if you want to record a 15 second clip for your Instagram store, you can do the full vertical, you know, nine by 16. And like, like Mitch said, it has the the podcast uh, artwork. It has all the information for the episode and the show. It shows a little, it has a little animated bar that goes across showing the progress of the time um, and places where you can listen. Like he says, listen on Apple podcasts or, or overcast. Um, so you can share specific clips with people you can send them via text message, uh, you know, or post them to any of your uh, social media stuff. And it has, you know, square or portrait or landscape and all that stuff. And it's, and you can share the specific clip of the thing like, Oh, Hey, this was really funny in this podcast. Check it out. And more people mm-hmm. are likely to listen to a 15 to 60 second clip than they are an hour long or a two hour long show. And so it just makes sharing bits and pieces of shows I mean, like just stupid easy and that is better for other people to get, Oh, that's what this show's about. Oh, interesting. Okay. Maybe I'll listen to the whole episode. Maybe not subscribe, but like it's, it's a, it's a much lower barrier to entry to, to share a podcast and solve the problem that up to that point was really, really, really hard to, to fix. So yeah, I can't believe I forgot to mention that. Thanks Mitch. Yeah. And there, there are apps out there that do more, then, then that feature to in an omni in omni. I'm sorry. Overcast. In overcast. <laughs> you know, I leave this stuff into the podcast just because it's funny. But uh, but there are apps like the Bullet app or um, Headliner that do it better and more attractive, maybe. But what Marco has done in Overcast with that feature is incredible. I really like it. And the smart speed feature is basically what keeps me in overcast. Otherwise, you know, there's conveniences to using Apple podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. There, there is, you know, you go look at like pocket casts is beautiful. Um, it is much, a much nicer looking interface. You know, even, you know, some, some folks use Castro and some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. But smart speed is what keeps me using overcast other than the fact that I've just really grown to like Marco and his work ethic and, and all that. So, all right. What's your number four, Mitch? Number four. I'm not going to be sniping you because I don't think I, you're, you're aware of this because we talked about it last week after the show, but, uh, I've got a time you are. Ah. So, um, a little bit of history, I have been looking, I personally am one of those guys. I like to, I like to 
keep a lot of data on myself. I think a lot of geeks like doing this. Uh, maybe not to the extent that I do, but um, but I like keeping track of stuff and looking for patterns in my my basic behavior and stuff like that. And I've kind of you I've started using time tracking for that um, a year or two ago, and I've used Toggle for forever. Um, the Timery app that is a an app that uses the Toggle API and 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 works with Toggle, and I like it a lot. Uh, I haven't really dived into the shortcuts and stuff like that for Timery, yeah, but pretty awesome. I, I I think you know I I hear some of the guys uh, specifically Mike Hurley talk about them, and yeah, I think it I think it'd be awesome to be able to use uh, Timery that way. But I came across a little piece of hardware and this app called Timeular that they sell this hardware. It's not cheap, unfortunately, but they sell this hardware. It's a basically an eight-sided dice. Um, it's a maybe, I don't know, two inches tall when it's sitting, sitting on its side at least. So it's a it's a decent size piece to to kind of put on your desk, but it's appropriate. It's appropriate size. And what you can do in uh, Timeular is assign each side of that dice, so eight different things, um, to a side of that. And so whatever side is facing up, that's what's being tracked at that time. So if I want to switch it to something else, like right now I have it on my podcasting um, uh, time thing. I don't know, I don't know what you call that. Um, but I have it set up so that, you know, I've got a little, little, uh, green circle with a microphone on it, uh, on that side of the dice. And I've got that up and it's tracking, uh, the fact that I am recording a podcast. You know, if I want to switch over to, um, doing Bible study or doing our budget meeting or something like that, I don't have to go into the app and start or stop a timer and then start a new timer. All I have to do is flip the, this dice or whatever you want to call it to the other side and it automatically stops the recording or stops that event and starts a new event in the software. And so it's really, really nice. And the next step, and they, and they've thought about everything with this. They took the next step to integrate with toggle. So now all of the stuff that I'm tracking through Timular is going to toggle as well and tracking in toggle. So, and so I can, I have access to it through Timery as well. So it all round trips with each other and all works together really nice. And to me, it is such a awesome convenience to be able to just flip this dice to the side that, uh, what, for whatever I'm working on and just clean, easy. Um, the software looks really nice too. Uh, I know that it, it's not as fully featured maybe as toggle or uh, timery would be, but the, it's a beautiful piece of software as well. Uh, one thing I can say that Timular allows you to do that you can't do with toggle, or at least I haven't figured out how to do with toggle or timery is to be able to put in future events. So, you know, if I know that I'm working from, you know, and I do, I do track my work against everything else too. But if I know that I'm working from eight to four thirty on a certain day, you know, I can I can track that ahead of time. I can throw that in there, and then I can adjust the time if it changes. But it helps me not to forget to put something in or get to the end of the day and say, "Oh shoot, when did I do that?" 
oh, I got to figure this out. And, you know, and I've done that before with with Timery and have been inaccurate and missed stuff and given up, you know, quite honestly, and trying to keep track of everything. So this is just a, a, a great little um, great little thing sits on my desk, doesn't bother me unless I need it. And uh, and it's it's really neat. So I like it a lot. Nice. I I there is Did something you get that I like that. What? Yeah, no, it's, duh. Um, <laughs> there is something I think desirable about the physical movement of the eight sided die, right? Like, oh, I'm like, I would love to have something like that. I I suck at time tracking and. It's one of those things that like in my mind, like, Ooh, I want to do that. I'm like, but why? I'm never going to look at the data anyways, but the, the, the physical buttons to control digital things that I'm very much into. Like I have Mm -hmm. a, a a thing called a stream deck for my gaming PC. And that's, uh, I think I have the, I think it's four by six. So that's what, what's, what's four times six, 24, um, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with it. Yeah, it's twenty four. Um, <laughs> do I need to get my calculator out? No, just I haven't had any food yet today, so I'm starting to. All right, lose. and I've just had some terrible pop tarts. So, so I think we're both in the same spot there. <laughs> <laughs> Nutrition has not been high on the list this morning. So, yeah, it's a it's a grid of, I think it's four by six, maybe it's four by five. I don't know. It's uh, across the room, but the concept is is you can assign all sorts of different commands to the buttons. And then you can actually have the buttons be folders. So when you tap on them, you go down a level and then it, it expands. So you can have, you know, hundreds of different actions on this thing, but like, it's really nice to push a button and have it launch a game or push another button and have it launch a Chrome to a website. And just having that physical interaction, I find very appealing. So I, I totally get why you're, you're into the time you are dice die thing and, and having it do that not having to start a timer stop a timer but you can just flip it because it takes half a second and then you're moving on I, yeah i'm down with that and it should be said that they have the software that they offer for free um, with very basic uh, tracking options and then they do charge a subscription fee for the software the um, device runs i think it starts at 80 dollars if you want to buy the device and then if you wanted to get the software and the device together they have different uh they have different um subscription fees um depending on what you want so i'd have to look at the website to remember what they are but i i remember that uh it was 249 dollars just to buy a lifetime um subscription to the software and get the device which because it's 250 dollars, i didn't do it but but kind of that model that uh i know tivo has done that with some of their stuff you know you could have a lifetime subscription to tivo for x amount of dollars and then you never have to pay a monthly fee for it and usually it was a, a large amount of money to do that so it makes sense if you're paying for it monthly eventually it will turn around. It would be cheaper to just buy the, the lifetime subscription, but, but yeah, Timular, I love it. Works really well for me. All right. Are you ready for my number three? I am ready for your number three. Fire one ready. It's an app called IA writer. 
Have you heard of it, Mitch? I have heard of it. I have never used it. It is. Um, it's just a plain text application, which saying it that way makes it sound rather boring and, and not great. You can get it on iPhone, iPad, Mac, Windows, and Android now. It started out just as an iOS app, but it has since moved, you know, all over. And it handles plain text, so no, you know, inline styling like, um, you know, Microsoft Word or Google Docs, or you have, you know, all those ridiculous options that take up three inches of your screen at the top. But it can handle Markdown um, in plain text, and then you can export to PDF in in a bunch of you know various styles. So there's there's templates that come with it. You can create custom templates using HTML and CSS, and a little bit of JavaScript too if you're you know into that. But I like it because it uses it uses iCloud to store all of your stuff, and you can have you know obviously folders and uh, documents and that sort of thing. Um, but it's just so clean and so simple and there's a lot more to it than what I use it for. I, I just, it's a scratch pad for me, but I also, anytime I write a blog post, anytime I do a podcast, anytime I'm writing something up, uh, a lesson for church or a Bible study or sending, you know, correspondence to parents, like it all happens here because it just gets out of the way and you can just type and you can just work and get it done. And then, I rarely export to PDF. I usually just copy and paste into the email or, you know, I just teach straight from the app um, when I'm doing youth group or church stuff. So it's, it's incredibly simple in its UI, but you can do a lot with it. Like there's, you can connect it to like GitHub. I think like it, it supports, all sorts of uh, advanced iOS document picker features that other applications like this do not support, like Ulysses, for example. Um, but I don't even, like if you really want to know what IA Writer is truly capable of, go look at MacStories.net and see what Federico and his team are doing because it's uh, it's more than I care to do. But the point is the power is there for the people that want to take advantage of it. Um, but I just really appreciate how it looks, how it feels, how it functions, and then it just lets me do what I want to do, which is get in there, write, and then if I want to move the text elsewhere, I can in in various different ways. So I use it, gosh, every single day, I would say. Big fan. Yeah, and I can't say that I do a lot of text stuff, but when I'm when I'm you doing stuff like that, it depends on the the length of what I'm writing. The I haven't used IA Writer. But uh, I'll use drafts for short little things and then Scrivener for my larger projects. So oh. I love Scrivener. I, I didn't put it on my list for today, but Scrivener is a, it's an opinionated piece of software. It is. I like opinionated. <laughs> is that why you like me, Mitch? Sure, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> So just an aside here, Um, when I used Windows machines years ago, um, I loved being able to make all the decisions and, and, you know, do all the customization and just, you know, lose myself in, in all of that. And I think when it, when it came to the time where I just wanted to start getting work done, 
that's when the Mac started making a whole lot more sense to me. And so a piece of software like Scrivener that does a certain thing a certain way lends itself to just the way my brain works now, you know, living within their uh, set of rules and not having to, you know, come up with, you know, I think that's why I don't get into shortcuts as much as some people. And I, and I do want to get into more, more into shortcuts, but it's coming up with that. Like, what do I do with this? Which is going to seem really counterintuitive to my next pick, but, um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm getting into some, uh, we're, we'll get there here in a second. But, but for me, the having opinionated software, that's what I love about overcast. There's one way to do things. You know, you don't have to, figure out like how am I going to do this you know you've got a nice clean easy way to do it and if you want to create some playlists or whatever you can do it and and that's it you know so not that there's a lot of different ways to listen to podcasts but you get my point is that all you got uh for my number three pick yes what's your number three pick all right so I have been I have wanted for years to learn um, coding. And I have, I spent time, you know, going through like the big nerd ranch books and trying to learn that way. and never really found myself, um, being able to learn a whole lot that way. And then I would watch videos, you know, on uh, Linda or LinkedIn learning and just, you know, would start to kind of hit a, hit a, a point in learning it where suddenly like my brain just flipped out and I couldn't figure, figure out what we were doing and just kind of gave up on it. Recently, I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this another try, but I'm going to treat this more like I know nothing at all about how to program. And so I resubscribed to LinkedIn learning and started working through their, uh, fundamentals courses. Um, so they have a programming foundations fundamentals is I think the name of it. And I just finished that recently and I just started the beyond the foundations or beyond the fundamentals class that they have. That's kind of the next class for that. And so they teach Python in that class as kind of a starter language. Uh And so I thought, you know what, I want to, I want to try this and really like LinkedIn learning could be my pick here. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna forgo that. I think, I think LinkedIn learning is really cool. And if you, if you have something that you're really looking to learn it, they've got a ton of stuff up there. I wouldn't say they've got every single thing that anybody would ever want to learn, but especially business stuff, uh, coding stuff, creative, um, endeavors, you know, software, stuff like that. There's a lot of cool stuff up there, but that's not my pick. My pick is Pythonista. Ooh. I have, I sat down after learning how to do, oh, what was the, what was the class? That wasn't iterations. It was something right before that, but just, uh, just learning how, I think it was converting integers and stuff like that, which quite honestly, like I said, I've done that stuff before. I just never really started from, from square one where I, where I admitted I knew nothing and I needed them to teach me everything. So I sat down with uh, with Pythonista the other day, and I started banging out a little bit of code on my iPhone, no less. I was not using a Mac or a, or a iPad or anything like that to do this. I was doing this on my iPhone, and I coded a, a really quick little app that I've been thinking about just wanting to 
to test out whether I could do this or not. So at work, when we get a truck that's floor loaded, we figure out like how long this truck should take us to unload because we have to handle pretty much every floor loaded box by hand, uh, send it down a conveyor and the folks outside the truck um, work those two carts that they then later on, they'll take out on the floor and work those carts. So my job as a supervisor is to give them a time goal as to how fast we should have the truck done. So if there's 900 cartons on the truck, then we have to look at, so how many people do I have that are outside of the truck working those carts and, and pulling stuff off the conveyors, putting stuff to the carts? So if I'll have anywhere from two to four people out there. So I need to figure out if I have a 900 piece truck and I have three people outside the truck, how long is that going to take? Or there are two people outside the truck. How long is that going to take? And normally what I would do is I would go into um, uh, CalcBot and, you know, just do the equations right in the calculator. And I would have to type in, you know, 900 divided by, you know, they figure that each associate should be able to handle four boxes per minute. And so if I have two associates outside the truck working the, uh, the truck, then they should be able to handle eight boxes per minute. So 900 divided by eight would give me the result of how many minutes it should take. Likewise, 12 boxes if you have three people, 16 boxes if you have uh, four people outside the truck. So what I did is I went into Pythonista and I said, you know, I want to just, I want it to ask me for the number of cartons on the truck and then just tell me what the, uh, what the time should be. And so that's all I wanted this app to do. It was super simple. I mean, obviously it's not a very difficult app. It's basically, you know, you, you feed in a number, you have to convert it to an integer and then, um, spit out, um, these three equations as your result. And so, but I did that all on my iPhone, which I thought was really, really incredible that, that you can do that in this app. So that's why Pythonista is my choice. And I may fall in love with this for a a million other reasons and it's got shortcut integration. So I built a shortcut that, um, that I can tap the shortcut. It takes me into Pythonista right to that, uh, right to that program. I type in my, uh, my carton number. And it spits out the result, and I'm good to go. I just uh, close out Pythonista, and I'm done. So nice, real world so, yeah. application. I'm sure that there is uh, there is a more elegant way to do what I did. Um, not the code necessarily, but just the way that I incorporated it with uh, shortcuts. And there's probably a way to do this right inside shortcuts. But but I'm proud of my code, so good. I had fun doing that. Nice. I so am a bit surprised that you're into Pythonista, but I like it. You are surprised? Well, I mean, not now because you gave me the whole backstory, but I was not expecting, oh. like if we were going into this and I had to predict the five apps that you were going to say, Pythonista would not have made the top 30. So, <laughs> Well, it's kind of my newcomer pick. So, Yeah, no, that's awesome. All right. Number two, shortcuts. Yes. Shortcuts. Mm, Yes, shortcuts. Now, I am not a shortcuts expert. I would say I'm a shortcuts uh, intermediate. Um, But the beautiful thing about the internet in this particular instance is that there are plenty of people who are shortcut experts who share the shortcuts that they have made. 
And while not all of them are useful, some of them are quite cool and it's easy to learn because you can download them and then obviously you get to see how they were built. Uh, so there's, there's just a lot of opportunity to learn from smarter people about how to build shortcuts. And, you know, it, there's some people that like build shortcuts with like literally like 200 uh, steps. I'm not into that. That's, mm-hmm. that's not saving me any time because the, the amount of time it would take me to build something like that is just like, I'd rather just touch the button manually and, you know, whatever. But I have shortcuts for controlling my smart lights, for controlling my television, for controlling um, overcast, um, and for controlling timers um, that get used the most. And a lot of those I just use with, um, you know, the lady inside my phone. And I'll say, hey, you. Play overcast and it will just start up where I left off on my last episode. Or I'll say, you know, uh, Hey, you turn on my bedroom light and it will turn on my bedroom light, um, to the specifications that I have inside the shortcut. So a lot of mine are just really simple, but the voice integration and the ability to tap a button in a widget is just really convenient. Because, you know, instead of, okay, I have to open Overcast, I have to go to the last or go to the uh, the last episode, open that up, hit play, or I can just tell the lady, hey, play Overcast, which is great. Like if I'm doing the dishes or mowing the lawn or whatever, right? And my hands are otherwise occupied or gross or wet. Um, so that helps. And then the ability to switch a timer uh, and say, hey, you start, you know, inner dialogue timer and it will, it'll start a, a timer inside timery with the project, you know, and all that stuff already pre-done. So you can go like crazy, crazy, crazy in depth, um, with shortcuts, but I tend to just try and do very simple ones that reduce the amount of time and physical interaction I have to have with my phone in order to accomplish something simple. You know, I, you can add stuff to OmniFocus that way. It's, uh, or I have a few that's like, oh, just show me today's schedule or show me tomorrow's schedule. And it pulls up a nice view of my calendar for the next, for this day or for the next day. Um, so just little things that are convenient to me, but that I can build and get sort of that same satisfaction that you had when you built that app with Pythonista. I go, huh, there's, there's a satisfaction in building something that works and that is convenient and cool even if it is simple, right? Just because it's simple doesn't mean it's not helpful. So you're, you're solving a problem. Exactly. And that feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, scratching your own itch as they say. And so while, while, you know, I'm not gonna go down the rabbit hole of ridiculous, um, shortcuts that do incredible things. The, the fact that I can sit, have an idea and then hop into shortcuts and build it in 10 minutes and solve that problem or improve a process. Like that's really, really cool. And I'm really glad that it's something that we have on the iPhone um, to use as we want, you know, and to, to be able to have it in the widget or have it um, connected with Siri or have it on your home screen or just have it stay in. Like I've got a bunch of shortcuts that just live in the shortcuts app because I don't use them very often, but the, the flexibility and the ever increasing power that shortcuts is receiving as far as, you know, new integrations and new capabilities and, and, and that sort of stuff. It's, uh, 
it's just really cool. And I never in a million years would have thought that Apple would a allow this sort of stuff and then b realize how good of an idea it is and buy the company right and integrate it with ios on a native level so just i'm a big fan yeah and i'd really want to dive into shortcuts more but uh i i find myself opening the app looking at it and going yeah i ain't got time for that right now (laughs) (laughs) i gotta figure this out and yeah, if I'm going to be building something, I actually prefer to build it on the iPad because that extra screen real estate is incredibly helpful to yeah. get a broader view of what you're doing um, and to have like the slide over for all the actions and stuff on the left-hand side. And it, whereas on the iPhone, you're covering your work, like the, the panes, just the extra real estate on the iPad is very helpful when you're building uh, shortcuts. All right. Shortcuts. Yeah, I'm going to have to dive into that in a little bit more now. So, all right. What's, what's, now, what's your number two? My number two. Well, we've talked about it on the episode before. And I don't want to belabor the point too much because I have talked about why I like it so much. But Carrot Weather, this is a daily driver app for me. Um, I love this app for, for getting weather. I almost don't use the only reason I'm not using a carrot weather widget right now is because it's not, it's not available. So I have the, uh, regular uh, Apple weather widget, but which by the way, if you haven't noticed, and I'm looking at it right now because the, uh, we have some rain moving through the area. They have the dark sky stuff, um, integrated into the widget, which I think is kind of cool. So, but anyway, um, carrot weather. I can open up the app and I'm opening up the app right now. It's got the carrot weather integration. So I'm kind of interested to see what's going to happen with this once uh, Apple doesn't allow that um, anymore. I'm really hoping that they're going to make some kind of uh, API for it uh, that that um, these weather apps are going to be able to use. But you open it up, you can you can look at see, you know, what's the percentage of weather for the day? You know, is there a thunderstorm that could be going through the area? And I've said this before, and I I apologize if you guys have heard the episode the episodes prior to this and you're like, Mitch, you're just going over stuff that you've already talked about. But I love the radar. You know, I have spent a lot of years trying to find a decent radar in an app, and I have spent money on apps. I have downloaded multiple apps, signed up for subscriptions, you know, just all kinds of stuff to try and find an app that has decent radar in it. And Carrot Weather, their radar is great. The The only thing that I would like to see is they have their storm tracks, which, which I really like because like today we've got storms moving through the area and it can kind of show you where the direct, the direction of the storm and where it's going and they colorize it by the severity of the storm and, and all this stuff. But I have seen it in an app and I don't know where I saw it, honestly, but there, there was an app that actually would show you, it would have little lines inside the cone for the, the storm tracking that would give you like a 15 minute, 30 minute, 45 minute, an hour, and how long it was taking for that storm to move to that point in the cone. That would be kind of cool, but, um, but they don't have that. Uh, but other than that, man, that and it's funny. 
Yeah, this is true. This is very true. Ever since we talked about this on the podcast, uh, I think it was even like episode one that we discussed it. We've been sending stuff back and forth between you and I, um, just funny stuff that uh, that has popped up. It says rain, right now it says rain stopping in 20 minutes. Don't tell me I never did anything for you. So, which is uh, kind of funny, but, but there's been some that are, you know, you know, jokes about like, uh, you know, social things that are going on, stuff that's going on in our society right now. Um, different things like that. I think there's been some coronavirus jokes in there and yeah, so carrot weather uh like i said we've we've discussed it ad nauseum on the show here and uh we just i think you and i both love this app yes indeed but i knew you were going to pick it so i didn't put it on my list (laughs) all right well we're down to number one man what's your number one app have you heard of an app called spark camera mitch uh i'm gonna roll this back is that uh have anything to do with adobe no, it no. Adobe, okay. Adobe does have an app called Spark, um, but that is more for like idea capturing, I believe. Spark Camera okay. is an app that has been around for gosh a very long time. Um, I actually downloaded it like many years ago and uh, tried it out, and then for whatever reason, got rid of it. But it is actually the first app that introduced the swiping left and right for different filters that Instagram mm-hmm. became famous for um, spark had it before them. Not that that really matters, but it's just kind of fun to think this little indie video app came up with an idea that Instagram used and, you know, became famous for, but essentially what spark camera allows you to do on your iPhone is shoot video, you know, in any orientation you want portrait landscape, and you can shoot, 720, 1080, 4K, depending on your phone and then the frame rates associated with those resolutions, depending upon your phone. But what's really neat is you just tap and hold to record and then stop and then tap and hold to record and then stop and then tap and hold to record and then stop. And you build these videos off of these clips that you're recording. And then within the the recording that you've just made, you can edit directly on your phone, which is uh, super awesome with the way they have it done. So you can edit the clips and then you just, you can set the, the in and out point for each clip. And then you can set the transition between that clip and the next clip. You can set the volume of the clip. You can, they actually have a category, a full library of, royalty-free music that you can use to add to your videos. You can speed up a clip. You can duplicate a clip. You can slow stuff down. Um, and then once you're done with that, you can you know do the swiping to all the different filters. You can record voiceover in the application. Then you can control the volume between the voiceover, the music, and the original audio of the clip. And it's all super, super intuitive, very easy to use, very simple. And then you can export. When you export, it'll save it to your library and if it's over 15 seconds it'll ask you uh you can you can share directly to instagram directly to youtube uh, or the share sheet and if you choose instagram and it's over um well even if it's under you can split it at 15 seconds for your story or you can just open instagram if you want to post it to your story or to your timeline right but it, it will split at the 15 seconds which is super super helpful 
Uh, if you want to share something to your Instagram story that is over 15 seconds, it'll do it for you automatically, um, which is really nice. So it's, and they just introduced a cloud feature where you can record videos and you can post the videos to Spark Cloud. And then you share the link of that video with your client or with your family or whatever. And it's a privately stored video that, that they have access to via the link that you share, um, which is pretty neat. You have the option too to watermark your videos if you want. So it's a really, really, really cool, powerful video app for your phone, but it's super easy to use and it's super easy to, to shoot a video, edit it, turn it around and post it really, really fast. And there's a lot of really cool tutorials online of people that are using it for, you know, Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, it's just as someone who has a three and a half year old who likes to, you know, make videos it's really easy when you're chasing a kid around to just tap and hold on your phone and then let go and then tap and hold on your phone and then throw some music on it. And then you've got a fun little video that she'll watch 20 times because she likes watching herself. It makes her laugh, you know? And so even from just a, a basic little like non-professional use like that, it's just fun. And we'll go back and we'll watch her, you know, I've got videos of her playing the keyboard at church, singing songs from Moana that, you know, she thinks is hysterical and I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to show at her wedding. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just the ease of use and the capability of the app um, are what bring it to the top of the list for me because it's just, it's fun to use and it's really easy to use. And um, I highly, if anyone out there is um, looking for uh, a different approach to shooting and editing video on your phone, this is the way to do it because you don't then have to take the multiple clips and combine them in some video editing software. Like the app is the editing software and the shooting software all in one. And you can have multiple sparks as they call them. So I've got like 10 in there right now that I have saved um, that are all self-contained projects, um, which is, it's just, I love it. Yeah. And I, I downloaded it, which I think might be the first, uh, first app on the uh, podcast today that one of us downloaded during the podcast. <laughs> So, well, I hope you like it. It looks really nice, except for the fact that as I opened up the app, the first thing it does is say, hey, you want to do a three-day trial? (laughs) So, but I'll have to play with that later. I'm interested to to hear what your number one is. I've been trying to think about it, and I don't quite know what you're going to pick. Hmm. So I'd be interested to think, do you have any thoughts? Well, I took, I took uh, overcast and I took, uh, OmniFocus from you. You've already mentioned fantastic and carrot. All right. This is a, this is an app that we've discussed. This is an app that we've discussed. It's not portal, mm-hmm. is it? Nope. Okay. Well then I quit guys. I don't, I'm going to be wrong again. All right. Well, no. <laughs> we we are uh, we are a podcast that uh, of a couple of guys who are both uh um, oh, it's good be Christian men. It's yes, be okay, duh. Yeah. Okay. So, this is an app I literally use every day. You know, my wife and I do uh devotional time in the morning. Um I use it uh throughout the day for different different other things. Uh this this app, it's a Bible software app. Uh, it's available on the on the iPhone, on the iPad, and the the real powerhouse is uh, on on the Mac or PC. Uh, they have a version for both. And 
on the surface of it, and the way that I use it every day, is we have a Bible plan, a Bible reading plan that's set up. Uh, right now, we're working our way through Psalms, and we're taking it in just little bite-sized chunks. We're not we're not trying to read too much. We're just taking little bits and pieces as we go through. I actually set it up, read Psalms in six months. So it literally, like, we're getting 10 verses a day or so, just to kind of little bit little bits to chew on. My prayer list is in this app, you know, so we can, I can go in and I can open up my prayer list and, uh, I won't, won't say who we prayed for today. You know, I can go in and, you know, there's three, there's three people on my prayer list for today and you can set people up to be on that prayer list. So my prayer list tomorrow is different than today. And everyone that I have on my prayer list is gets kind of slotted into one of the days of the week. So that we can, we can kind of, my wife does a lot of the, uh, like collecting what, what their prayer requests are. And then we will, we will go in and and pray for them, you know, one day out of the week. Um, otherwise we would pray for half hour, hour every day, uh, just trying to get through everybody. But this, just that feature alone has been really cool. But then you get into the Bible and just the stuff that you can do in the scripture, you know, if I'm looking at the scripture and I hold down on a uh, on a word or double tap on a word, double tap on a word, um, it pulls up a definition. Um, I get uh, I get the original language that it was in, what the case is, or they call it a morph in here, but what the the case of the uh, the word is, the Strong's number for those of you who have worked in in the Strong's exhaustive exhaustive concordance. If uh, if you've worked in that before, you'll know that every every word has a number. So um, this gives me the Strong's number as well. And then I own the Vines um, dictionary. Uh, and so what what pops up next on the bottom is, you know, here's the Vines, uh, the word that this is attached to in Vines and gives you a really thorough definition. And right now I'm looking in the Hebrew and because the Hebrew isn't isn't as exact as the Greek can be, it gives me a ton of different words that are used throughout the scripture to as a translation for this original Hebrew word. And so it really gives you a sense of how this word is used throughout scripture and gives you a reason and such why the sense of this word here is the you know, and why the translation of this word is the way it is. And so it it really makes Bible study easy to do anywhere that you are. Now, if that was all it does, that would be enough for me. But there is a, a whole other world of stuff that the that this can do. So it will read the audio to you. And depending on the version of the Bible that you're using, like there's an ESV version that has a narration to it. So you can sit and you can you can tap uh, play the audio and it will read it to you using that narration. If it doesn't have a narration already built in for it, uh, at least on the Mac, I don't think this will it'll do it on iOS right now, but it will read to you in that kind of clunky computer voice. <laughs> um, but at least oh, God it, so loved the world. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's a. It can be a, it can be a little bit a uh, little bit uh, difficult to listen to, but sometimes it works well for what I'm doing because I sometimes if I'm trying to read just read, 
it's hard for me to comprehend that. But if I've got the audio playing along, it helps me to stay engaged with it. It's got the ability to take notes. It's got guides that are available in here that will walk you through a lot of different stuff um, that that passage is concerned with. And some and on the Mac, at least, or on the PC, you can customize a guide to everything you want. So you can literally put a word for word translation of an entire passage of the Bible right into the left hand column. Now, at some point, we'll talk about Mac apps and, you know, I'll probably exempt myself from talking about Logos when we get to that. But um, but there's a there's guides in here that will help to open up the scripture more to you. There is a cool feature called visual copy that if I select a verse, I can select visual copy from this drop down menu. And instead of just copying the text and spitting it out in plain text, what you can do is uh, select a background. I don't know if it gives you the option to select a font style, but then once you have that built, you can share that to Instagram. You can share that to Twitter. You know, it's kind of a neat, neat way to share something that you've read uh, this morning uh, or, or any day, I guess, whatever. Uh, But you can, you can share that to, you know, your social media to say, Hey, you know, here's something cool I read this morning. So, you know, I don't do that a lot, but every once in a while I come across something that's like, you know what, that's really cool. I'm going to share that. So, and my Instagram followers probably just swipe past it and think I'm a kook, (laughs) but there is a ton of other features. You know, we could talk about this for a while. Um, we talked about, uh, proclaim last week, um, uh, you know, with our church tech for the presentation software, if you were sitting in my church and you had Logos open, uh, because we use proclaim, uh, you can see it right at the bottom of the Logos app, you know, what scriptures that we're in, it sends out, uh, what they call signals that, uh, will, will trigger a little pop-up at the bottom of the screen to be able to move to those scriptures more, more quickly instead of having to type in or whatever the uh the passage you can just tie tap on it at the bottom and it'll take you to the uh the scripture verse that we're going to so uh, some really cool stuff this is this app has so much in it and it has the ability to have so much more in it than it does and i won't talk about workflows because workflows aren't available on the the ios app but that's something that we can certainly talk about at some point uh, in the future, if we discuss the Mac, Mac and PC app. So Logos, if uh, you are a Christian, you're looking for a Bible app and you're willing to spend a little bit of money to get to a lot of cool features, uh, this is definitely the way to go. All right. That's our top five. That is top five. Did you have any, have anything that you didn't talk about that you wanted to bring up just a quick lightning round? Um, I mean, I use Apple Music every day, and I love it. And then, Same here. um, the HomeKit app and the Hue Lighting app I use every day, um, mm-hmm. as well. And the, the, honestly, those are things that I've just gotten into in the last week or two with the yeah. um, you know, the addition of my Hue lights, and I just got um some Logitech cameras as well that mm-hmm. showed up two days ago. So I'm still, you know, figuring that out. I actually tried real quick 
uh, tried to download the tvOS 14 beta on my Apple TV to take advantage of the HomeKit integration, but it didn't work. Um, okay. So I have more research to do. So I, I may have more to talk about that uh, on next episode if I can get the the beta on my Apple TV because um, that allows you to have it actually has HomeKit integration in the control center on the TV and you can view your uh, cameras in picture in picture, which yeah. is just kind of neat. Um, so those would be like the lightning round ones, ones I use every day that I actually really enjoy. You know, I would, I would throw in, uh, Instagram, the audible app. Um, what else do I use on a pretty regular basis here? Chess.com. Um, I do use chess.com. Yeah, me too. Do you? Mm-hmm. We should play. Uh, what's your rating? Cause that'll determine if I want to play you or not. <laughs> what's your rating? Uh, I'm trying to figure out where I even find that. Um, how do you find that out? I don't have a high rating if that's what you're worried about. Yeah, I think on like the 30-minute games, I'm at like a 1,300. But on the shorter games, I'm closer to like 1,100. I need time to think, Mitch. I usually play like the, the correspondence games. Oh, like, uh, you get like a day you get, to move? Yeah, days at a time. So, but anyway... I can't, I can't find my rating in here, whatever. Um, but, uh, no, I'm, it sounds like you're a little better than I am. So you probably would love playing me. <laughs> Let's <So>. do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oddly, I use the wallet app a lot. I have an Apple card and I think that the integration that you have with the wallet app with the Apple card is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, it makes it really easy to keep up on paying off the card as, as you use it and stuff like that. The 3% back going right into Apple cash is really cool. I, I do like that a lot. Um, I'm looking forward to buying my new iMac, uh, with the, my new Apple Silicon iMac on the Apple card and getting an insane amount of, uh, cash back on it. So, um, but is there anything else? Oh, but the the one thing that I have not liked about the Apple Card is the ability to like I use QuickBooks for my business stuff, and I just uh, just uh, re-upped my subscription to that. Plus, we use Mint, mm-hmm. and you can't you can't get Apple Card into that because they don't have the the hooks in into it. Uh, even with adding the new website that they have for the Apple Card, um, they you still can't log in to anything in any of those apps yet. And that's, that's a little frustrating because I need, I need that in there so that I can, um, I can manage all those purchases. So, but, um, but that is what it is. I'm hoping that'll come in time. So other than that, deliveries is really cool. I don't know if you use deliveries for your, uh, for your online purchases and stuff like that to track your shipments. No, I tried it out, I don't know, a year or two ago, and I wasn't all that impressed with it. But There's a new one called Shop, um, or it was uh, I can't remember what the old name was, but uh, they just changed their name to Shop, and and I it's, it's a purple icon. I just started mm-hmm. using that one recently alongside of Deliveries, and that, you know, if you're okay with it having, being able to get into your email, 
Um, it's kind of a nice one to use because it automatically scans your new emails coming in for delivery information and then auto adds it into it. Um, the interface is really nice, you know, it, but, you know, depending on how you feel about it, being able to get into your Gmail account, it's, uh, you know, that's kind of up to how you like it. So other than that, I mean, I use maps every day. I use, uh, uh, the find my app has really gotten a lot cooler, uh, since they in, in, integrated everything into it, uh, spark, uh, email, uh-huh. um, that that's pretty much my go-to email app. Um, other than that, I have been trying out life some for, uh, for calorie tracking. Although I'm told that food numbs is the way to go for, uh, for food tracking, but but I already paid for life some, so I'm kind of bought in for a little while here at least. So, yeah. Other than that, I don't have a whole lot more. I have anything else you want to add? Um, no, not. I think I think I I gave you guys the the headliners uh, on my phone at least. Sure. The uh, the Timular app is telling me that I have exceeded 100, 106 minutes on this task and I need to take a break. So I think it's a uh, time. Timular is telling me I got to wrap it up. So, all right. <laughs> Listen to the robot. So, man, this Mitch. Been, yeah, it's been fun uh, talking about some of our favorite apps and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do this in the future with uh, with other things. So. Um, we do want to make a uh, note for everybody. We do have our um, have our URL now, so you can go to innerdialogue.show, and we've got Cam to thank for that one. I don't know that I would have had the patience to deal with all the DNS garbage and stuff, but uh, we got it sorted. Yeah, so uh, you can go to inner innerdialogue.show. That's innerdialogue.show. Uh, to find us on Fireside. And you can also find us on Twitter if you've got questions or comments for the show or you just want to let us know where we got it wrong. Um, I'm Mitch Craig, M-I-T-C-H-C-R-A-I-G on Twitter. And you can reach Cam at Cam Brennan, C-A-M-B-R-E-N-N-A-N. And uh, until next time, Cam, it's been, been fun. Indeed. I enjoyed this one. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye.